It was a dark and stormy night. No, no, it wasn't. But this is uh, the Church of the Geek podcast, the horror edition. Dun, dun, dun. It is a... Uh, uh, David and I are joined today by uh, Robert Abner, um, pastor uh, and uh, campus pastor and friend of mine. and um, He's also the host, uh, a co-host of a podcast called uh, Midwest Monsters. Um, where they they talk about the horror genre in general and uh, just talking about horror, not necessarily talking about theological implications of that, but that's why he's with us today. We're kind of talking about horror and why we watch it and why it attracts us, and um, it's a really good thing. You can uh, uh, find Robert at that podcast, Midwest Monsters. Uh, He also has a blog, uh, robertabner.blogspot.com, and it's called So This Is Grief. It's uh, reflections around uh, grief. And uh, uh, so you can you can catch him at, at those places. And as always, uh, you can see uh, David at uh, Rev underscore David on Twitter and me, Brian underscore O underscore Bennett uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, or you can check us out at Geek Church, at Geek Church on Twitter. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get our geek on. Church of the Geek, uh, it is my pleasure to uh, welcome with us today a guy me, I, I ended me, up... What? Me. I'm here. Well, <laughs> I was going to get to you, David. Okay, I'm so... All right. Fine. David! <laughs> Hi. How are you? Fantastic. How about you? I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm sorry. I was I was so excited today because we have a, we have a special guest with us today. Woo-hoo. And so, I, I, yeah, I, it is woo! It's a guy... I got assigned a room with at our campus ministry conference in June, um, and and we had these moments of of conversation. I looked at him one point. And I'm like, wait a minute, are you reading? Is that volume two of of the saga graphic novel? And he went, yeah. And I went, oh my gosh, I got it in my backpack. And so next thing you know, we we just kept like finding things and like we wondered if we had been separated at birth. So. <laughs> It was a very, it was a very stepbrothers moment. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Did we just become best friends? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, our uh, our guest today is uh, Robert Abner. He is a uh, fellow campus pastor at Ball State in Muncie, Indiana, as well as a pastor of a of a smaller uh, rural congregation there as well. So he splits his time, which means he works like four times as hard as me. <laughs> so, well, that's not hard, but anyway. Um, Anyway, so uh, Robert, welcome. You want to say anything? Great, great to be here. Thanks a lot. A long-time listener, first time caller. Uh, <laughs> glad to be uh, be invited on this show, and uh, really looking forward to it. Well, great. You doing all right then? Uh, things going well? Yeah, it's a rainy day here in Muncie, 
see, uh, we've been just been cold and rainy the past uh, past week. I haven't been able to get out and ride the motorcycle or do anything fun or play golf or anything. So, uh, yeah, it's just a perfect day to sit inside and uh, talk about geek stuff. That's fantastic. Dan, awesome. how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, uh, still summer here in Texas, and so that's awesome, and we love that in <laughs> October. Um, <laughs> Rub it in. Right? I think it's supposed to get up to like 102 or something today. Something ridiculous. Uh, uh, get lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really is. It's it's supposed to get up to like eighty, eighty five, something like that. We had like a couple days of cool weather, and we'll have a week later that we'll call fall, um, and then a week that we'll call winter, and then summer will be back again. <laughs> Dude, it's, I don't I don't know how people live like that, man. Well, yeah. you know, um, August and July, and often September, it's terrible. But come December, yeah, I'll send you pictures. I'll go down to the beach and, and send you pictures. <laughs> yeah, you can you can think about me and Brian while we're here fighting ice giants. Yeah, no, no, thank you, no. Prepare yourselves. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Yeah, no, not here. Have fun. <laughs> you can you can have all of it. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the walkers coming through and. No, no, they're 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 um, gonna get all y'all first. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm on the I'm on the night's watch, so I'll do I'll do my best. All right. Well, so the reason we have uh, Robert in there in in our conversation, we were uh, in June in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska, which was very nice to kind of go and get away. We were talking, and and I I mentioned that uh, I do a podcast, and he said that he does a podcast, and so we started comparing notes. And Robert's podcast is called Midwest Monsters, and I had a chance to listen to some of the episodes, and uh, they really talk about monsters and monster movies. And I figured (laughs) – what better time to to have some conversation around monsters and and horror genre um, than this time in October? It's it's we're getting up into Halloween. Uh, we get you know we're inundated with strange and spooky movies on TV, right? You got the 31 Days of Halloween on Sci-Fi, and you've got yeah. uh, just lots of stuff going on. And uh, so I just wanted to, and it's and the horror stuff is neither David's nor my thing. Um, of the many geek things uh, I follow, horror is not really one of them. No, so, it, it just never has uh, uh, tweaked my interest in the way lots of other things have. Yeah, I you know when I was in uh, when I was in in high school, uh, we go to the, my my cousin and I would every once in a while would go to uh, the video store. You remember the video stores, right? You know, oh yeah. Had to go pick out your video for Friday night or Saturday night. And uh, well, we got one night. We got the so so so, so for so for all the kids out there, the video store is like Netflix <laughs> in a building. <laughs> That's right. Um, and and there used to be this stuff called cover art, and you would pick movies based on the cover art. You wouldn't know anything about it, but there would be this beautiful drawing on the cover, and it may not have anything to do with the movie, but you go, "That's rad," right? Exactly, exactly. It just, yeah, it, it's horrible stuff. We got, um, I was just talking to my cousin uh, a couple nights ago, and he said, I got turned off on horror the night, Brian, that you and I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> and because, the reason was is because, um, you know, there's that, uh, there's the makeout scene in Nightmare on Elm Street where the guy is going and, and it's getting it's getting pretty sexy. And as teenage boys, we're like, oh my gosh, I might see a, a breast. Um, <laughs> and we were so intent, and we were focused in. And at just that minute, 
my dad pounded on the window from outside, and we almost crapped ourselves. Was, <laughs> Parenting so just, win right there. Parenting <laughs> win. <laughs> it really – it was pretty awesome. But um, I'm waiting I'm waiting for the time I get to do that to my kids. Um, but he said, I, I, I just don't watch any, any anymore. And so – um, I watched a good bit of that, though. Uh, you know, what was your start, Robert? What what pulls you into the whole horror monster genre? You know, it's it's kind of interesting because I, I walked this fine line as a kid of being a big scaredy cat. Um, like I, you know, I I was just terrified of things. I, I found it hard to sleep in my room at night, things like that, uh, because I was just fascinated by scary things. I didn't watch a whole lot of horror movies as a kid, just maybe what my dad would, would bring home, some of his favorite ones. Uh, obviously, as a kid, one of my favorites was uh, Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, <laughs> which is a fine film. If you guys have never seen it, you got to see it. But, uh, you know, I, I remember there was this these series of books um, by Ian Thorne that were, it was a library series, and they're very hard to find out. I've only got one of them. But my library and a lot of libraries and schools, they had all these books. And there was Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula, and uh, they were just kind of picture and story books. And then they even had, I mean, there was Godzilla and King Kong, but they also had some for Sasquatch and Loch Ness Monster and UFOs. And so it wasn't just horror films and, and horror stuff, but I was really big into cryptozoology and paranormal stuff, too. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's something about me that's like being scared which is kind of an interesting theme for why we watch horror movies, but we can get to that later. Yeah, so actually, so my my uh, my, my younger son, my 8-year-old, he just threw a term out at me the other day. We're driving in the car, and he goes, Hey, Dad, what's your favorite cryptid? <laughs> wow. Oh, Solid kid. Solid kid. And I went, what are you talking about? He goes, a cryptid, you know. A creature that that there's no evidence that it necessarily exists. What's your favorite one? I, 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 I don't know. What's your favorite one? The well, Yeti. He's totally about the Yeti. He thinks nice. the Yeti's pretty, so. so I, w- I want to go back to something Robert said um, uh, about being scared. I think that is there is something about a desire that seems fairly innate in us to be scared, right? I, I, I watch my my daughter run around at at you know first grade kindergarten age and she runs around and she and her friends love to run around scaring each other scaring adults in the room jumping out and surprising people uh, they love when you do it to them up to a point um like that's a fun game being scared is a fun game for kids and it seems fairly natural yeah, it's interesting because we think about, I don't know, you think about how scary life can be, period. And we don't like that kind of scared. We don't like worrying about paying the next set of bills. We don't like uh, thinking about our 16-year-old kids getting their driver's license for the first time. And they're legitimate fears that we don't like. But something about fear that maybe we can control, and in a controlled situation or environment, like going to a haunted house or watching a horror movie, it's a good healthy way to get that dose of fear. Um just because, I mean, it raises your adrenaline and it does all of these things to you. Um, it's like riding a roller coaster, you know? It, uh, yeah. It's like a shock to the system that otherwise you may not get. And who knows, if your life is dull, um, maybe that's something that makes you feel alive, getting that, that rush. Uh, my dad was a firefighter, a uh, career firefighter most of his life, and he always said he was an adrenaline junkie. 
Uh, and before that, he used to race late model stock cars and motorcycles and things like that. And so he just always fed off of adrenaline. And so getting that call to go to a fire would just shoot his adrenaline through the roof. And he yeah. loved it. He loved it. And my dad had no other, like, it's funny, he was an adrenaline junkie because he had no other vices. He had never drank, smoked, anything like that. Adrenaline was his drug. Yeah. And uh, and I think horror and thrillers have something to do with that for, for all of us. Yeah, you know, you as a pastor, you put me in a crisis situation, and honestly, that's when I flourish. You know, you you you, you crank everything down, and 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 you just run, you just do, you just function. You don't overthink, and not that any of us is possibly prone to being overthinkers, but you just do. <laughs> no. And there, there's there's something to that. Um, I think uh, you know, kind of the first thing I want to ask is, you think there's like there are people who love roller coasters, and there are people who don't. And there are people who are super into horror, and there are people who are not. And kind of my first question is, what what do you think is that divide? What what is that switch that flipped or not flipped uh, for people who love it or don't love it? Like, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I don't know. I, that's a great question because I guess there is just an element. I think you could probably draw those dividing lines about people who like. Uh, adventure or thrill seeking. You sure. Know? I would say people who don't like roller coasters probably don't like to travel. You know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. probably thinking about they don't like to take risks. They don't like to go out on a limb. I don't know that. I can't, I can't prove that, but I'm just, I'm an adventurous sort of guy. And so all of these sort of things fit in with me. Yeah. Like I'm earlier having a motorcycle. I just got a motorcycle like two months ago and I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life and it scares the crap out of me, but I love yeah. it. And hopefully that's not detrimental to my health at some point. But, you know, I like roller coasters. Sure. Um, I don't think I'd ever like skydive or anything. Yeah. But um, I think there is just this sort of fundamental thing of those who um, like thrills and are yeah. willing to seek those out uh, for a little bit of a cost. You know, watching yeah. a horror movie, riding a roller coaster is not a big not a big risk involved in that. But uh, maybe those who don't just aren't into taking risks in life. And there's nothing wrong with that. What about What about you? Brian? Well, I'm trying to think, like, because I, uh, I love roller coasters, but, I, I mean, there's a part of me that goes, um, for me, it's not about, it's not about, like, the the fear aspect and, the, and that. It's because, for me, uh, not to overthink it, right, but I know the amount of engineering that went into creating that thing. And so, you know, for me, it's about the, it's about the experience. I think the only thing I've done, uh, when I... Um, when I was still living in West Virginia, and I, I, I do triathlons, and I was out doing a bike ride, and I was on a really long bike ride, and I got to a, a, a hill that they call 50-mile-an-hour hill, and you can probably figure out why. And I, I hit 50.8 miles an hour going down the hill. Even that, I felt completely and utterly safe. It was just a matter of kind of having that experience. And so I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that sort of stuff is all good. Um, horror stuff is, is a different thing. Um, and maybe it's because things happen that are completely unexpected, or it's not that they're unexpected. They come at, at times that are just – they bring you up to that moment of suspense and then unleash something on you that you know is going to happen. You just don't know when it's going to happen. You know? um, so – because I, I did – you know, like I said, growing up – actually, I watched – I was thinking about it. I watched a, a fair bit of uh, – I saw a fair bit of uh, horror movies. It's not that I went out of my way to watch them, but – like at the end of um, it's Friday the Thirteenth, right? It's at the camp, right? Yeah. And, and Jason and the you know the, at the end when he jumps out of the water and and drags like totally just ah! you know yeah. And, uh, 
I don't know. Maybe when I was younger, I could I could deal with it. Now I'm afraid my heart's going to give out. I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, not the you, same. You, you are getting that up to that age, you know. Yep. I am getting that age. Yes, that's correct. All right. Uh, you Virgo. know what? It is interesting. You make a good point there. Um, you know, there are there. I mean, even for me, a horror fanatic, there are horror movies that I I can't watch at home alone. <laughs> I'll be honest. You know, there's stuff that I I mean I can, but it uh, I'm. I'm not going to say. Um, you think of a great, uh, a great film like The Exorcist. Uh, in my opinion, one of the scariest movies ever made. Um, and uh, not watching that one home alone and staying alone that night. Yeah. But no. So that's what I was saying about about like The Exorcist and films like that. Like you know, there, there are some thrills and, and definitely some. I don't know. Some really scary stuff that happens uh, in those films. And, and uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not exempt from that just because I watch a lot of horror movies. Well, is there a difference uh, that you think between like since your since your podcast is Midwest Monsters, right? I mean, you're dealing with monsters. Is there a difference between monster movies and horror movies? Um, you know, we call ourselves the Midwest Monsters, um, but we we cover all areas. So we and, and usually within an episode, we have a theme. Like we're going to follow this franchise of film, or this director, or this genre. Uh, within horror, um, but yeah, there, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference, and there's a, a huge difference between what fears they trigger within us, especially from the monster movies to the supernatural movies to the demonic possession films. Uh, and then, like now, like I was just talking to somebody the other day, there's a new subgenre that people are calling torture porn, and it's not pornography in the sense of, of people having sex, but it's it's just overly graphically violent movies, and I don't have any appreciation for them because they don't achieve for me what I want out of a horror film, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's like the stuff like like Saw. I mean, yes. would that be in that? Yes, that, that would fall under that subgenre. So, yeah, there's a big difference between all of these subgenres within the horror genre itself um, that, like I said, trigger different fears within each of us and, and hit us somewhere deeply in the subconscious level, but that is why they're effective films. Yeah, I, I don't find a whole lot of... Uh, so it's like things like um, the house at the end of the street, or the or the hills have eyes, mm-hmm. that that turn into some real larger sort of moments of you know scenes from that have just really just turned my stomach and um, and there I'm you know for that issues around some of the the sexual violence it's just yeah uh, it's devastating and I I just it 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 boggles my mind I don't know why it's really part of that so um, so. It, it seems to me that in, in some ways um, our culture is getting simultaneously more sanitized, right? We're getting getting less and less stuff that makes us afraid, right? Kids aren't allowed to play out by themselves unless mom or dad is watching over them and everything is safety to death and, you know, get, you, you know what I'm saying. And then at the same time also it feels like um, the things we do to scare ourselves, the the – the roller coasters, the movies, the entertainment, uh, is is getting more and more graphic and and more and more intense at at the same time. Is there a relationship there? That's a really good question uh, because I think you're you're absolutely right. Is that we're you're you know we're we're uh, just over protecting everything and everybody, um, uh, but at the same time our our. our Shock value has to keep climbing in order to to shock us anymore. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I was talking with um, 
with Brian before the podcast started, and we I talked about kind of a big shift in horror films uh, started taking place around the time of the Vietnam War. Um, and then we even went back further before that, and we were talking about the nuclear age, the atomic age, you know, what was happening, uh, what was scaring people then, and how did that get translated into film. And then, you know, from the Vietnam War and the violence that people saw, and those guys came back from the Vietnam War and were involved in the movie industry, how that played into the movies and we get the rise of the slasher film genres and things like that. Um, so I think that, yes, this sort of, as you talk about, the things you're observing in culture uh, are going to play into what it's going to take to shock us these days. But I still don't understand why we need to be more shocking than before if we're more sanitized than we were before. That's kind of the split. Yeah. So so how does how does the church speak to um that that desire people have for fear? Um we 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 as the church are often the consolers of fear, right? We're we're the fear diminishers in lots of ways trying to to help people see light in the midst of darkness. Um how, how do we tap into that almost innate desire that people have for thrill for fear? Uh, in the midst of a faith that's all about comfort. Yeah, because I, I was pondering here. You're right. The isn't it the uh, the most common uh, command in the in scripture is do not fear. Yeah. Right. You know that's that that's the language that that the angels give when they when they appear to humanity to do not fear. But also knowing in some ways that fear is a really it can be a uh, important aspect for us so that we know. Don't go down the dark alley in the city, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. So we we listen. We learn to listen to that. It it kind of baffles me a little bit when we get here. Or is it the, is it the fact that we don't have enough that really really frightens us in the world that we have to go and look for it? That uh, I think you really hit something there because I think that that's kind of an answer for a lot of the problems we have. Uh, in our society right now, period. Um, I think, you know, things like drug abuse and crime are at all times high because maybe we've reached such a level of decadence in our country, uh, a level that it's so easy to survive for most people, that that we take bigger risks and, and abuse ourselves more in order just to have something to do. do you, does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I just... Um... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's baffling, and uh... and so yeah, well, maybe this this thrill seeking is. I'm sorry, David. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I think um, in some ways part of what we've done is um, as a as a as a high church sort of guy, I, I think we've taken some of the drama out of our life together. Um, you know, you, you go back and you read some of the ancient baptismal rites where you went in at sundown, you know into the church and were thrown into the water naked, you know, and pulled back up into the, to the, to the freezing cold. Like that's a scary thing, right? Yeah. And now we take cute little babies and cute little dresses and we pour a little water on them in the middle of a nice service. And it looks a whole lot different. And I wonder how we can, you know, as we think about churches that are rediscovering the, the, um, uh, Easter Vigil and some of the other powerful moving rites that have drama contained in them. Um, not necessarily fear, but like at least moving us in the direction of emoting and, 
and being pulled into the service dramatically. Uh, perhaps we're starting to recover some of that. I think it's a great point, um, especially with, uh, and I always pronounce it wrong, Good Friday. Is that Tenebrae? Is that how we pronounce that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did a Tenebrae service this year for the first time with my congregation, and they loved it. But think about the elements that go into a Tenebrae service for the the listeners that may not understand what that is. Um, You have these dramatic readings of the Passion Story. And that you, you, if you do it the way I was doing it, I've always seen it done, the, the sanctuary gets darker after each reading until finally you're in complete darkness. And uh, if you really want to do it right, you slam something and make a loud sound that, that symbols the, the tomb being shut. Um, I did that. and Or no, right before I did that, um, you, you, <laughs> Brian, you know me a little bit. I played a, a Johnny Cash song which flew just fine in the congregation, but I played Were You There When They Crucified yeah. the Lord, a popular hymn, but to hear Johnny singing, it's really haunting. Um, and in the darkness, we sat there and we listened to Johnny Cash sing Were You There, and then I slammed the book, and people were in tears. I mean, it, it, I, I'd never seen my congregation move like that um, yeah. just by a service, not, not a sermon, but just the service itself. So, yeah, people want, they crave, I guess, that interaction, that drama to be pulled into something and what can we do as the church to engage them on that level? But that's the million-dollar question, right, yeah. whether we're talking about fear or anything. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, Robert, uh, what are you dressing up as for Halloween? Uh, you know what, guys? i got to be real honest with you. I think I'm not going to make it to any Halloween parties this year because oh. my my ordination is November 1st, All Saints Oh, wow. Day. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and then everything leading up to then, I've got meetings, and I, I really, I had one party I was going to, and I don't think I'm going to make it. So, I, uh, yeah, very sad. I don't get to go to any Hollywood parties this year. Well, there you go. Well, um, we're, 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 uh, running out of time here. Um, uh, Robert, thank you for making the time to be with us. Uh, question we always close with as we, uh, think about our time together is, uh, Brian, what you been geeking out about lately? Actually, I'm going to follow up on the whole uh, um, Halloween costume thing. I uh, my my kids are going around the neighborhood this year as uh, Star Wars uh, characters, and so I started coming up with a way to create a Death Star that I could wear oh. over me. Oh wow! And so uh, I broke out. I broke out the. Uh, um, the, the, the design, I broke out my math skills, how to create, I'm going to create two half spheres out of some uh, uh, binding wire and, and uh, nice. bailing wire and uh, uh, cover it over with like uh, some uh, um, screen and kind of do a little spray paint over it. And I have a, I have a candy wow. delivery device that I'm going to, that comes right out of the center <laughs> of like the, the disc on the, uh, through the so exhaust I port. I gotta get that done, and that's what's that? Through the exhaust port. Well, not the exhaust port. Where the <laughs> where the gun? Where you know where the yeah. where the the, the fully yeah. functioning uh, laser capabilities going? So that, that's what I've been sort of. You you're gonna put that bad on boy here. on Pinterest so we can all try it and and fail and not be as cool as you? Yes, absolutely, absolutely, awesome. awesome. How about you, David? What are you doing? Uh, we uh so so one of the fun things about you know being disconnected from cable or satellite is everything is through Netflix, Hulu, etc. Uh, and and so we're always discovering new stuff. And we finally got around to watching Arrow because um, I heard about it when it came out, and I thought this is going to be terrible. 
um, Smallville flashbacks, um, and uh, so we binged on that. We watched the whole first season uh, and uh, finished it right before Netflix popped up the second season. So we just started the second season, and wow, it is really good. Really enjoying it. Um, um, hoping that. We'll be able to catch some of the episodes of, of The Flash as it comes out, uh, because if they do that as well as they've done uh, Arrow, yeah, very cool. Well, it's a, it's a little bit of a copy of, the, uh, of Arrow. They're, they're using kind of the same, a very similar formula yeah. with, uh, with that, but um, I've watched both of the first episodes of season, of season three of Arrow and season one of, uh, of The Flash, Yeah, and... Uh, it's it's pretty uh, uh, it shows promise. Uh, so looking forward to it. Awesome. Also, I'm I'm super excited. I'll I'll post pictures uh, once once I do it. I've got my design for my pumpkin uh, all lined out, and and you know the, these are the things that excite me. So that's awesome. Very cool. All right, Robert and all right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, that Go ahead, David. Robert, what are you geeking out about lately? Oh, come on, guys. Let's be honest. It's October, and I run a horror podcast. <laughs> it's, this is... it's Halloween every day for me right now. Awesome. Uh, we, uh, I, I just got to uh, a friend of mine. Uh, she got uh, the new Texas or the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's out on Blu-ray now, and she brought that over last weekend, and I got to watch Texas Chainsaw on Blu-ray for the first time, and the, just the colors and it were just beautiful. Uh, so that was a blast. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, just revisiting some favorites. October is a great time to not watch new stuff. It's a great time to just go back and revisit the favorites as the leaves are changing colors. And uh, really geeking out about the podcast itself because we're going in some cool directions. And we just bought, a couple of us did, um, rocker patches, like a, like a motorcycle gang. Oh, rocker awesome. Patches. Yes. <laughs> so we, we made these vests so that, like, if you're into the show, now it's, it costs a little money, but, yeah, so, and, you know, we've and of course, mine says Chaplin on the front of it. Nice. Stuff like that. So uh, my buddy and I are really geeking out about these rocker patches and our, our biker-looking vests that we're doing for the podcast. So uh, it's a little ridiculous, but I love every minute of it. That's Very cool. awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, uh, Robert, Brian, uh, geek be with you, friends. Also with you. Also with you. And that wraps up another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Uh don't hesitate to uh, give us feedback and comments or stuff you want to hear on, on Facebook at Church of the Geek or on uh, Twitter at Geek Church. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, what you'd like to hear about. So uh, let us know, and uh, we look forward to putting out some more episodes here in the future. Hope all is well, and Geek be with you. Mm-hmm.